Today's a big day. We're going to talk about you. Turn to somebody and say, he's going to talk about you. Because we're going to talk about your life. So take it personal today. Over the years, I've had many a service where someone comes up and says, you could have emptied the building. That message was for me. Two minutes later, somebody else walks up. You could have emptied the building. That message was just for me. Another one comes up. This is what the Holy Spirit does. And so today, I want you to intentionally say, I'm going to take this message to heart. Because we're going to talk about life on purpose. I like that title. The banners are up. We got it on the screens. Man, you can kind of has a ring to it. But if you don't personalize it, it won't mean a thing. You could be quizzed later on. What's the, what's the theme for the next 40 days? Actually, 42 days. And you, I, I don't know. Because you've got to own it. You've got to own it. Life on purpose. So I ask you, have you ever come to a place, maybe you're there now, where you feel stuck? You feel stuck in a marriage? Did pastor just say that? <laughs> stuck at work? Stuck in a relationship that's stale? Stuck. Stuck about your job and expectations? You feel like, uh, I'm just not getting anywhere, I'm just... There's a movie, I think I saw most of it, it's several years old now, but the theme of it speaks to me constantly. How many knows about Groundhog Day? It's like, oh man, am I ever going to get out of this cycle? So life on purpose. At times for all of us, probably at least for the good number of us, we come to stations situations in life, and we call them wake-up calls. I almost had an accident. I mean, it was right there. Or I was in an accident and shouldn't have survived it. Or I got a diagnosis from a doctor, and it was not good, and then found out that I'm okay and dodged that bullet. Or sometimes it's somebody saying something to you, and the list just goes on and on and on and on of wake-up calls, close calls. Or maybe somebody giving counsel to you. Maybe it's a professional counselor. Maybe it's a pastor. Maybe it's a dear friend. Or maybe someone that just comes up to you. I wonder if anybody's ever had this situation. The Lord just told me to share something with you. And they put a word in your ear. And you're like, oh my goodness. That has to be from the Lord. Because that's what I've been praying about. That's what I've been thinking about. Well, the Bible tells us, uh, James, the hard-hitting preacher of the New Testament, the brother of Jesus, says, that we can become double-minded. And if we're double-minded, we're double-minded in all of our ways. And so we find ourselves teetering back and forth. We take a position, but then this speaks to us, and then we gravitate to that, and we just feel like a ping-pong ball going back and forth. And we find ourselves ambivalent about how we really feel. So we got to ask ourselves the question, am I living on purpose? Because we can say, well, I'm living, but is it on purpose? Do I have a plan? Am I following up on the plan? Whether it's dietary, whether it's workout regimen, whether it's some kind of financial get-out-of-debt situation, am I living on purpose? Or 
Am I living a reactionary lifestyle? I just react. I just react. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm, I, I feel so incompetent. I, I feel so inferior. Life has come at me hard. Things have built up. I just find I'm, I'm, just, I'm just getting through. So I'll just deal with it as it comes now. And if you're not careful, you'll get conditioned. We, we all go through those moments, trust me. But if you get stuck living a reactionary lifestyle, then you find yourself, I don't really have a plan. I, God, I, I just expect you to show up. And I, I expect other people, and, and I'll do what I can along the way. And it just becomes a, a hollow existence. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Let's, let's stand for the reading of God's Word. Ephesians 1, I'd like to read the first 14 verses. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. That's shouting ground, folks. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons, daughters, through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us, in other words, accepted us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. Can I hear a amen to that one? According to his riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to, oh, here's a word, his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven, things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be the praise of his glory. In him you also, somebody say he's talking about me. When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee. Oh, man. I want to do that in the Cajun. Guarantee. Right on cue. Cajun. Until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Lord, we thank you for your word. Let it speak to us as we Look at our lives today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before you're seated, find at least two people. Give them a big hug.
So we're going to go to commercial break now. And I want to invite all of you here tonight, 6 o'clock, for our kickoff of Life on Purpose. This will be the first time meeting together in a Sunday night service in quite some time. We will begin to do this beginning in October, the first Sunday night of each month. But tonight is special because we're kicking off this next period of time. Those of you that have the book Purpose Driven Life, um, if you've got the older version, it's 40 days, but the new version actually has 42 days, so you get a bonus. But we're focusing on the next 40 days as a congregation, and I encourage you, if you don't have a book, get online or uh, right here in the foyer after service, sign up, and uh, Melinda will order some more books. And I encourage you to do a couple things. One is the next 40 days is important about you. And you'll get the full benefit of what we're doing if you will have an individual walk as well as a corporate journey in these next 40 days. To be able to be in the devotions daily yourself and let the Holy Spirit guide you and talk to you, minister to you. And then we're inviting you to get in small groups. Uh, those of you that can, I know there's some challenges with schedules and we're trying to be very creative and open with what we do. At the close of service, I'm going to ask for those who've opened up their homes as hosts and facilitators, they'll, they'll come up here so you can kind of get a face or faces with names and get locations. Some of you have signed up already. Some of you have not. And this will continue over the next 40 days. We want to be very porous and open as we go through this because it is important that we get connected again. Somebody say, preacher, Amen. We've got to get connected. And some of you, it's getting reconnected. We need each other. So again, the individual walk in devotions, the corporate journey, and as we get small groups. For those of you that are new and maybe not know any of these, uh, I invite you. Uh, we'll have, uh, I'll lead a group here on Sunday nights. Now, some of these meetings are different days through the week. And we're very open. If they need to be daytime, if they need to be evening, if they need to be Tuesdays or Thursdays, Again, we're trying to be creative to meet people where they need to be met. Uh, I, again, uh, 6 o'clock Sunday evenings through this 40-day period. So after tonight, there'll be five times in this group. Uh, but all these other groups, some of them have four, some of them have eight. Whatever the numbers are in these homes is great. Make some new friends. Get to know one another. Find out about their journey. And so it's going to be a good time as we uh, focus on life on purpose. So again, commercial's over. Let's get to his word. And that is that there's a, a statement here that just jumps from the page every time I read it. I've preached on it. I've taught on it. I've exhorted on it multiple times. But it never, it never wears out with use. Whenever we find this title, the saints... Turn to somebody and say, he's talking about me. But we have a hard time owning that title, don't we? We don't feel like we're worthy. If you are a believer that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, and you've asked Jesus Christ to come into your life and be your Savior and Lord, you're a saint. Does that mean you're perfect? 
turn to that person you just said I'm a saint to and say, he's also talking about me. I'm not perfect. I'm striving. To the saints in Ephesus, and again, what is a saint? It's not some dead person's that we have their memory and now we chisel out a marble bust of them and put them out in the foyer and make a fountain out of their marble bust, put flowers around it. The saints are exceptional people. They're exceptional in him. And they are people, and here's a word that we can never lose. They're people of holiness. Again, the term holiness a number of years ago would have meant one thing in a lot of people's minds, but the biblical reference of holiness is having a mind fixed upon him in Christ and what he desires of my life. To ask myself now some tough questions. Get ready. What am I attached to? You attached to your family? Attached to your job? Are you attached to things that are not healthy? The reason I ask that is I'm going to give you a little insight into spiritual warfare. We, we talk about demon possession. We talk about demon oppression. But you've got to understand that the demonic is always present. And it seeks things that it can attach itself to. You hear me today. You can be a believer. You can be saved, born again, but have something very demonic attached to your life. The torment that comes with it. Again, we, 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 if you don't get that understanding, you'll find yourself, well, I, I, I love the Lord Jesus. I'm verbally saying it, so I'm not demon-possessed. It's true. But why is this thing troubling me? Why can't I get shed of that? Why do I keep going back to this vice? Why do I keep living this lifestyle? It's because there's an attachment. You ever had relationships with somebody? Maybe it's your kids and you want that daughter to get away from that boy? Oh, been there, huh? But they're attached. We talk about in council, getting in relationships that are not healthy, especially outside the bounds of marriage and you're a married person we call them soul ties they're connected they're attached they're not married but they're attached because the emotion is attached how many knows we're living in a time that all we talk about is feelings and it becomes political it's warfare so we have to ask ourselves what am I attached to and when I identify those things, be multiple things, how many of you are attached to food? Oh, come on. So you have to ask yourself, what am I attached to? And is it healthy or not healthy for me? The people I'm around, the things I get involved in, the places I go. Boy, this sounds like old-fashioned preaching. Our members don't go here and there. We used to put it out in print and publish it. But we've got to ask ourselves, what am I attached to? In other words, what's got a hold of me? This attachment, is it heaven-driven? Or, and you know, most of you think I'm getting ready to say hell. 
No. Is it heaven-driven or earthly? Wow. Once again, insight. Because that which is of the earth keeps wanting to keep you right here in your thoughts. Man, this is good stuff. When all day long the word of God, Psalms 1 says, they that meditate upon the word of God both day and night shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water of life. And they'll produce in their life, even their leaf will not wither, but not so those who don't practice that. So again, we come back to the reality of his word and we have to ask ourselves, what am I attached to? Is, is my whole day, is 60% of my day Attached to the earth and the things of the earth, the, the things I got to deal with. Well, we, we live here and we are stewards and we have a responsibility. If we have a business, we have to do business. We have to pay bills. How many knows you're still supposed to pay your bills? You see how sound this is, but doesn't it make sense? I've got to look and evaluate. Now, we can get too far the other way. The old expression is, you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. No, we, we're here. We're pilgrims. We're sojourners. We're aliens to this. We're walking through. We have responsibility to the men. You're to be priests of your homes. You're worse than an infidel if you don't do that. There's responsibility. So again, it's not a black and white situation. You've got to evaluate, am I living life on purpose? Do I have a goal? And in that, start doing evaluation. And when we get into these earthly attachments that aren't healthy, we've got to realize it's just doing its job. All it knows is the earth, and it's pulling you here. And it wants to captivate all your mind. How many remembers the brain series that we went through a couple years ago? How many knows that you actually have thoughts, and they take up real estate in your brain? How many remembers that? And how many knows that your mind loops on those thoughts. You ever heard the expression when you were a kid, somebody said, boy, they're loopy? That's every one of us. How many of you, I'll, I'll tell, hanging crime on me because I was raised in a home, there was no alcohol. And so I would be watching a sports program. How many knows that you can't watch a sports program without some kind of alcohol beverage being promoted? And they come up with these creative little ditties, that, these little songs and whatever. And I find myself going through the day singing that little jingle. How many is with me? Come on, confession's good for the soul. And I'm like, why am I singing that? Because it's there and it's looping. And so it is with life, we find ourselves dwelling on something, getting preoccupied with it, and it just loops over and over. How many drive yourself crazy doing this? Three people? I don't think so. <laughs> life on purpose, taking an evaluation, being prayerful. Let the spotlight of heaven Sweep over my soul. Search my heart, O oh Lord. See if there be any wicked way in me. Come on, somebody. This is the word of God. And we come to those places. This is not of the Lord. This is just strictly earthly. Some of it is hellish, but a lot of it is just earthly. And I need to focus now and set my affections upon those things which are above. You see, the word of God is so true. 
and it makes sense. So again, we have to ask ourselves, what am I attached to? Do these things help me or do they hinder me in my journey? Again, the Word of God says, running the race of life, laying aside the sins and the And the weights, the earthly things, they're not sin necessarily, but they hinder me. I've done enough races in my life. I don't think it'd be real intelligent of me to go put a backpack with a bunch of rocks in the back that weighs 120 pounds and try to run that 10K. I think I need to get shed of that extra weight. And so it's speaking about life on purpose. Again, these saints who are in Christ. And so we come to each other now, and we realize that biblical faith is relational. We need each other. You can't make this thing alone, folks. How do you bear one another's burdens if it's not relational? Isn't it amazing as we evaluate our life how... Somebody comes to a church and you see them in a distance, you don't know anything about them, and you hear some of their story and they're going through a tough time and you're like, yeah, that's kind of sad. But then all of a sudden you get to meet them in a Bible study, you get to meet them at a ball field, you get to meet them at a PTA meeting, didn't know your kids went to the same school, and after a while you get to know them, then you hear what they're going through. Have you noticed how you feel different about what you just heard? And now you want to rally to them and you want to assist them. This is what the Bible teaches us. We're to bear one another's burdens. You've never been more alive than when you're investing in somebody else. You, if you take service out of your Christian walk, you're going to be one miserable person. Because when you take others out of your life, you know what that leaves? It's all about me. And after a while, if it's all about me, then there's people who don't like me. There's people who don't like what I do. There's people who don't like the car I drive. There's people that's jealous of me. I think there's people jealous of me. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. But when you find yourself saying, Lord, here I am. Use me. I believe in work. The Bible believes in work. There's been many a time, if it's a physical, strenuous kind of work, it's like a workout for health, I've gone home thinking, boy, I've, I've invested a good day in. When I look back at something I've been privileged to build, I look back, I got sweat, sweat equity in that thing. I, I feel good. I'm, I'm proud of my work. I like that. Somebody else comes along, and, man, you see that over there? That looks great. I don't have to say anything. It's just inside. I'm like, they appreciate my work. Ever been there? And so it is when we serve others. You ever had that time where you've been the answer for somebody for that day? How do you feel when you go home? Man, you feel energized, don't you? You feel fulfilled. That's why we're here. So we come back to this real, it's step by step. So I'm going to do a little simple math with us. And we ask ourselves the question, what difference can one day make? One day can make a big difference in somebody's life. One day can make a big difference in anybody's life. Do you know typically the average lifespan 
is 25,500 days. You ever think of it this way? 25,500 days is what most people are allotted. And according to Scripture, it bears out, for those of you doing the quick math, that's 70 years. So, Brother Cox, you're just a few days older than 70 years, aren't you? You've got a surplus of days. But we know there are others that we hear report they're gone before they're 30, 40, 50 on. When we look at that average, look at yourself right now, whatever age you are. But using that as a marker, a line of demarcation, 25,500 days. How many of those days have already been wasted? Just a blur because we were living on autopilot living reactionary. But when we say, no, I, there, this is a time in my life, and I, I tell you as your pastor, these next 40 days, I'm not trying to trump it up to be anything than what it is. I see it as a reset. I see it as a time of revival. Maybe not like yesteryear's revivals and having a guest evangelist come in for one week and it goes the second week, third week, fourth week but an intentional time to say, I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to me in a new way, in a fresh way, in a concentrated way. I'm expecting, how many of you still open up the Word of God every day? It may be digital, but do, do you go every day? And, and have you learned the secret about that? Even when your emotions don't catch up, do you find yourself just breathing, if nothing else, a prayer? I'm going to read this with expectation. In other words, I expect God to talk to me. Oh, I love this. Now, there are times that some of us, we've, we've been right there and we, we go, to, and it's already our schedule study, but because of what we're going through right then, it just lines up precept on precept. Have you been there? And you're like, dude, this is just way too cool. And there's other times it just comes up and slaps your jaws like dinner bells. Oh, my gosh. God knows exactly what I was thinking. I'm sorry. <laughs> 25,500 days. Click them all. How many of those you got left? It's never too late. Say, I'm going to live on purpose. I'm going to live on purpose. Psalms 139 is a passage that speaks to me in so many different ways. As I'm closing out this morning, he's fashioned our days. Again, they're unique and they're personalized. This is Randy on day 12, day 1,251. These days are fashioned, personalized, with insight. So he's working in us to do his will. He's putting the ingredients in. So I'm going to ask you to stand with me today.